Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Join us for a journey as we go back to the great civilizations of the past. Who were the people? What were they like? How did they begin and how did they end? Let's find out on episode 25, The Empire and the Rebel Alliance. Last time on the Fan of History, Shalmaneser III, king of the Neo-Assyrian Empire, restored the rightful king, Marduk Zakir Shumi of Babylonia to the throne. Israel went to war with Aram Damascus and Moab revolted against Israelite rule. So Dan, where are we heading now? Uh, we are heading to the 840s BC and a lot of stuff. But before we go there, I have to mention that the Battle of Karkar episode, episode 23, yes. was a huge success. All right. Uh, so, yeah, so we have increased our listenership uh, by a factor of four. That's incredible. Yeah, so hi everyone new to the podcast. Hey everybody. Uh, <laughs> we uh, haven't received any iTunes reviews though, so maybe this is the time to ask you to go to iTunes and review this podcast. And uh, you don't have to be nice if you don't like it. Just give us a review. Yep, anything you got, we would like to know. All right, back to the 840s BC. Let's get to it. I wanted to mention Egypt, because Egypt is always there. And it's ruled by Osirkon II, ruling from the north uh, as the ruler of the, the 22nd dynasty. His son, Nimlot Si, is the high priest of Amun in the south, in Thebes. Mm -hmm. And this means that Egypt is unified under one rule, and that will not last very long. It's a brief spell of unity, and Egypt is falling further behind. 
There is no development, no inventions. Everything is just happening in splendid isolation, like before. Yeah. That is too bad. So, so get, let's go to the Assyrians. <laughs> yeah. What's going on with uh, Shalmanassar? What's happening now? Well, uh, the Battle of Karkar was inconclusive in 853 BC. Okay. And this alliance still uh, exists, the League of Kings, mm -hmm. trying to fight off the Empire. Uh, there are tensions within the alliance, but uh, it, it's still there. And this year, Shalmanister III decides that it's time to beat them up again. So he marches west against Damascus. And uh, he comes to Karkemish and Arpad on the way. And they refuse to pay tribute. They refuse to supply the army. It's always been a bad idea in the past. Yeah, it's always been, and it's it's kind of surprising that they do. So this is one more indication that uh, the Battle of Karkar was truly inconclusive and not the great victory that Shalmaneser III claims. Yep. The Bitagusi, uh, one of the Aramean tribes in the area, also refused to pay. So now Shalmaneser III has to fight these places that are not really in the League of Kings. He has to get to the League of Kings. Hmm. And uh, yeah, that's it's very uh, it's very unsatisfying for the Assyrian king. He doesn't get anywhere this year. Right. He got all these roadblocks in the way. Yeah. And the Bible still doesn't mention anything uh, about this. And it is possible that Israel has left the League of Kings. Okay. Because of... Uh, Problems with Aram Damascus, the leader state of the league. Yeah, it. Former enemies allying against a single greater enemy seems to be a tenuous unity at best. It's. I, I consider it like uh, if you have a really bad feud with your neighbor, <laughs> and then there is an outside threat, then you have to unify. <laughs> Right. Fight it, but then the threat goes away and you go back to fighting your neighbor. Of course. Because we're all human. And the king, of course, in Israel is a pagan at this time. It's mm -hmm. Jehoram who is the king. And he is very much into the um, Phoenician things, the Phoenician gods. His mother is Jezebel. And uh, there is a, a civil war in Israel because uh, a civil war. There's a, the vassal state of Moab is still in revolt under its uh, shepherd king. So Israel has trouble of its own. Hmm. Yeah, that can't be good. You need to f <laughs> keeping an alliance while you have infighting seems uh, really hard to do. Pretty hard. Actually, they uh, they don't consider the Assyrians one of their top problems. Uh, this Mesha guy, the king of Moab, he has taken a strong position in the north uh, of Moab, close to Jericho. And uh, he's really, <laughs> a really big problem for Israel. <laughs> he's extending his kingdom. He has refused to pay his vassalage. And Israel brings in Judah, if Judah existed, we still haven't got any proof that there is a kingdom of Judah. 
But if there was at this time, it joined with Israel mm-hmm. together with the king. <clears throat> sorry, together with the king of Edom. If Edom existed, it's another small vassal state. Right. And uh, they go to war. Then they attack south of the Dead Sea into this uh, new territory of Moab. But this is a very dry area, and uh, they don't have any water. So they run out of water, and they call up on the prophet Elisha. Hmm. Because the prophets have been bothering Jehoram that he should um, accept Yahweh and forget about these crazy Babylonian, uh, these Phoenician gods. Right. And right after they've done this, we only have the Bible telling us about this part, so we have to take it with a grain of salt. But there's a flash flood, and it saves the army of Israel. Uh, So they can proceed to attack uh, a place called Kir Harasheth, which is the principal city of southern Moab. Uh, But Mesha also invokes his gods. And his god, uh, his favorite god is Kemosh, and he doesn't like listen to simple prayers or prophets. So Mesha has to do something spectacular to gain his attention. So he sacrifices his eldest son. Wow! Yes, and uh, that's work. That works great because uh, the Moabites win the fight and breaks the siege of Kir Harasheth. And Moab is uh, free from Israel dominance. Uh, yeah, Mesha moves for the, to for the low, low price of uh, one dead infanticide. Prince. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was a, a grown-up man that was sacrificed. Really, at least a, a teenage boy. Wow. Okay. Uh, and Mesha moves further south to get away from Israel to Horonaim and makes that his capital. And the thing about this story that's so interesting compared to biblical stories, mm-hmm. um, this early Israel thing, is that we once again have confirmation uh, that uh, another source. We have a source from the Moabites. Moabites? Yes. The Mesha Stele. It was discovered in 1868 on the site of ancient Dibon. It is supplemented by stone fragment. Uh, in El Kirak, and this was probably the city of Kir Harasheth. Uh, this stone was erected in 840 BC, probably, hmm. and it's the longest Iron Age inscription found in the whole region. It uh, allowed scientists to piece together the Moabite language, and it's the earliest non biblical mention of uh, Yahweh. Really? Yes, and it goes into great detail. So I figured we should read the whole thing. What did Mesha say? <laughs> the whole thing? Well, I see it here. It's a lot of words. Now, for the listener, I don't know what Moabites sound like or what they did sound like. So this is just my best guess at someone this uh, fanatical. Let's see here. I am Mesha, son of Chemos Gad, king of Moab, the Debanite. My father reigned over Moab 30 years, and I have reigned after my father. And I have built this sanctuary for Chemosh in Karcha, a sanctuary of salvation, for he saved me from all aggressors. 
and made me look upon all mine enemies with contempt. Omri was king of Israel and oppressed Moab during many days, and Chemosh was angry with his aggressions. His son succeeded him, and he also said, I will oppress Moab. In my days, he said, let us go, and I will see my desire upon him and his house. And Israel said, I shall destroy it forever. Now Omri took the land of Madabah and occupied it in his day. And in the days of his son, 40 years. And Chemosh had mercy on it in my time. And I built Bel Maon and made therein the ditch. And I built Kiriathim. And the men of Gad dwelled in the country of Artaroth from ancient times. And the king of Israel fortified Artaroth. I assaulted the wall and captured it and killed all the warriors of the city for the well-pleasing of Chemosh and Moab. And I removed from it all the spoil and offered it to Chemosh in Kirjath. And I placed therein the men of Siren and the men of Mokrath. And Chemosh said to me, go take Nebo against Israel. And I went in the night and I fought against it from the break of day till noon and I took it and I killed all 7,000 men but I did not kill the women and the maidens for I devoted them to Ashtar Chemosh and I took from it vessels of Jehovah and offered them before Chemosh and the king of Israel fortified Jehaz and occupied it when he made war against me and Chemosh drove him out before me and I took from Moab 200 men in all and placed them in Jehaz and took it to annex it to Dibon. I built Charha or Karcha, the wall of the forest and the wall of the hill. I have built its gates and I have built its towers. I have built the palace of the king and I made these prisons for the criminals within the wall. And there were no wells in the interior of the wall in Karchaha. And I said to all the people, make you ever man a well in his house. And I dug the ditch for Karchaha with the chosen men of Israel. I built a roar and I made a road to access Arnon. I took Beth Baham. For it was destroyed. I built Bazer, for it was cut down by the men of Debon. For all Debon was now loyal. And I reigned from Bikron, which I added to my land, and I built Beth Gamal and Beth Dil of the Thame and Beth Balmaon, and I placed there the poor people of the land. And as to Horain, the men of Edom dwelt therein on the, on the descent from old. And Chemosh said to me, go down, make war against Horain and take it. And I assaulted it and I took it for Chemosh restored it in my days.
So how how, how was that? <laughs> I was about to scream hallelujah, but uh, <laughs> that would be inappropriate as he was actually fighting the <laughs> right. ancient use. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No. Well, best. we That's haven't gone into details of these ancient steles like that before, and maybe we shouldn't. So let us know on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash history, if we should do these things. But uh, I, I, I'm surprised at this first-person account of what happened that's uh, non-biblical, and it's, it's pretty unique. So that's why I wanted to bring it up. Yeah, it's amazing that something like this was just on a giant stone, you know. Yeah, and it's not the heck uh, like he doesn't condense it to the to the mere facts, but no details. Yeah, added little tidbits. <laughs> yeah, to spice it up. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, well, we'll follow the faith of the Moabites uh, when we proceed. But in 848 BC, Shalmaneser once again attacks the League of Kings because it didn't go very well in 849. Yeah, so uh, they march against Damascus and the League of Kings. They uh, fight Hamath and Damascus, so they actually get there. And it seems that Karkamish, Arpad, and the Bitaguzi uh, this time are subjugated. Mm. But uh, the sources actually differ for this year. So one source says that they fought against Shalmaneser again, but that seems unlikely. There are three small places and... Um, Shalmaneser has an enormous army. Hmm. Uh, but uh, this must have been uh, pretty big setbacks for Shalmaneser and the Assyrians because uh, of the <laughs> state of the poor documentation. And these campaigns are not mentioned in all the triumphal monuments of Shalmaneser. So sort of. he is, as you will see, an even worthier fellow than the, <laughs> the Moabite king. Oh, wow. <laughs> In 847 BC, Shalmaneser III decides to fight Pakar Kubuni. 
And it appears to be somewhere in the West, and it appears to be related to the Syrian wars. I think it might be a place in northern Syria. That is more. This is yeah. a, we haven't mentioned. I, I, I can't think of a time we've mentioned this one before. No, and actually, I don't know where it is, and it's extremely hard to find. Uh, the problem with ancient place names then is that almost every nation has its own names for places, and the Assyrians just invent names. <laughs> so there is some of the Assyrian names are mapped to places we know about, but some are not. There are these great accounts of the northern campaigns that were earlier when they mentioned we conquered 50 cities and then you never heard of any of those places. <laughs> you get the feeling there's an Assyrian scribe just sitting there making up place names. <laughs> Probably. Where was this? I don't know. Just put something down. Who cares? How many cities? <laughs> 50. Okay, I'll make up 50 cities. <laughs> right. Just 50 random city names. Speaking about uh, northern Syria and the Lebanon... Uh, there, Phoenicia is still around there, the trading cities of Phoenicia, and Tyre now has a leading role among the Phoenician cities. They are not involved in the fight against Assyria. Some of them joined at the Battle of Karkar, but they are now sort of resuming their ordinary attitude to powerful empires, supply mm -hmm. them with stuff and uh, don't mess with them, because this is the way Phoenicia survives. Um, there is a big increase in trade on the Mediterranean, and this is perfect for the Phoenicians because they are the gateway between the Mediterranean and the Empire. Uh, and it's about this time that the city of Kirion on Cyprus becomes a colony of the Phoenicians. And the leading personality in Phoenicia is uh, King Ithobal of Tyre. We talked about him before. Right. He is uh, the father of Jezebel, and he dies in 846 BC. He ruled from 878 to 846 BC, and is remembered as one of the greatest kings of Tyre. His son succeeds him, Baal Eser II, mm -hmm. and he is then the brother of Jezebel. And th this is the peak of Tyrian influence in the Levant. Because they are the allies of Israel, and they are now on friendly terms with the Assyrians. Right. How was the how was Jezebel's brother perceived? I mean, you've throughout history you hear about Jezebel endlessly, but I have never heard of Baal Esser the second. Yeah, we we don't know a lot about these ancient Phoenicians. Uh, the records are gone. And uh, we only know about Jezebel and Ithabal from or the, the greatest sources, the Old Testament. Right. There will be a pair of uh, a brother and a sister that we know plenty about, actually, in, in about 20 years in, um, in Phoenicia. And uh, you might have heard of Dido. Yes. We will talk about her very soon. Okay. But before then, we need to talk about the Empire versus the Rebel Alliance again. It's round four, Shalmaneser III versus the <laughs> League of Kings in 845 BC. And now Shalmaneser starts writing. He claims that he now has a greater force. So now it's real. He was just kidding and, the first time. Yeah. And this time he claims a glorious victory. 
And it's actually the last reference to the League of Kings. But wow. that doesn't mean that the Assyrians won. Uh, the Assyrians did, they claim victory, but the League of Kings might have been totally dependent on the leadership of Hadad Eser of Damascus. And as we'll see in the next episode, Hadad Eser is about to leave the scene. There is also a claim from Shalmanes III that the kings of the Kati, and the Kati is a great Assyrian term because it means like people uh, in the north of Syria or perhaps in Turkey or somewhere around there. It's like they put this term on anyone who they associate with <laughs> the old Hittite empire. Okay. So it should be the Neo-Hittites, but it's like pretty random. I gotcha. And uh, he actually has time to cut some cedar trees and do hunting in uh, while he is extorting northern Syria this year. So it seems that he actually did win a victory this year. Hmm. And also his acts in 844 BC gives us the impression that he is satisfied with the situation in Syria. Because he uh, goes north again. And it seems to be time to the borders of the north and the east. Because in the north is the fledgling kingdom of six years old. And they have enjoyed this brief spell of uh, peace. Go. We are now in 844 BC and the acts of Shalmanes III gives us the impression that the situation in the west is taken care of. Because in 844 BC, Shalmaneser goes north. And in the north is the uh, fledgling kingdom of Urartu. Uh, Urartu is now 16 years old. And do you remember the first years of Urartu? They were like beaten to a pulp. Their capitals were raised. And... <laughs> yeah, over and over. Yeah, first by Ashurnasipal and then by Shalmaneser. Uh, but now they have time to have some peace, and they have used this time very well. They have built uh, fortresses, they have uh, used their big resources, and they are now ready to fight off the Assyrians. And Shalmaneser knows this, so he attacks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he, he got, managed to get to the source of the Tigris, where he erects a stele. And uh, the Urartians have second thoughts about fighting him when they see the army. <laughs> so he plunders several important cities, but there is no decisive battle. Uh, yeah, and we have some random place names here where he conquers the cities of Sukne and Alsi. And the two places called Dayanu and uh, Melid, we'll talk more about later, they pay tribute. They are not Urartian, but they're border states to Urartu. And this act also strengthens Assyria's western position because the influence of Urartu will start to leak down into northern Syria later, but not at this time then, because Shalmaneser took care of that. There is also a change in the name of the Urartian king. Uh, so it is possible that the original Urartian king, Arami, died in the Assyrian war. But the next king, Saduri I of Urartu, he will claim that um, Arami is his dad. But there are 
So Arami and Lutipri, the, this king that is mentioned here, might have been the same person. And either Arami or Lutipri might have been the title of that king. Oh, so it might not just be a name. And that's yeah. why the that's why it gets so confusing. Yeah, so if they're separate people, this Lutipri guy rules Urartu from 844 to 834 BC. But he might just be Arami. Hmm, okay. The one thing that uh, is sort of indication that this is a new king is the uh, Assyrian attack. Because the Assyrians love to attack people when they have a new ruler. <laughs> and this is, this is a very common ancient strategy. Oh, there must be, must be hard to have a new king. Let's attack them. Right. Just attack while the uh, defenses are down, I guess. Yeah, well, they have to reorganize stuff. And sure. Install new management. <laughs> Aram Damascus also notes this change in policy that the Assyrians did not come in 844 BC. So they immediately invades Israel. Because now they have time to fight their neighbor. <laughs> of course. And Hadad Eser is still the king. He managed to invade and besiege uh, Samaria, the capital of Israel. And this might be as an act to make sure that take out Israel so that the, the back is free when the Assyrians come again. He must have feared an alliance between Israel and Assyria. And this siege is in Kings 6, 8 to 33. Uh, the, the conditions in Samaria is horrible. There is cannibalism in the city. Wow. But the end of the siege is somewhat strange. Uh, you can read it in the Old Testament. But somehow Hadad Eser becomes convinced that there is an enormous army of uh, Kapti princes, the Neo-Hittite princes approaching from the north. And that the Egyptians are coming to help Israel. And that sounds like an anachronism because we haven't seen any Egyptians helping Israel yet. That will happen later. And he, he breaks up the siege and retreats back to Damascus. But there is no army. Really? So bad intel for Hadad Eser. So maybe if you can just pay off the right scouts, you can make an entire army retreat. Yeah, somebody in Samaria did something very clever. <laughs> well, that's pretty interesting. And that's it for this first episode of the 840s BC. We'll do one more. Okay, what's coming up in the next episode? Well, there's going to be changes in Israel and in Damascus. Mm -hmm. And we'll meet an energetic new king of Israel. Well, it sounds good to me. All right. Please, please, please visit our YouTube site, youtube.com slash fan of history. Go there, subscribe, like, share. And like we mentioned earlier, give us a review on iTunes. We could, we really appreciate it. There's also facebook.com slash fan of history, where you can send us any kind of notes you would like to send us a web page thefanofhistory.wordpress.com Also, if you like what you heard, there's patreon.com slash fanofhistory. Well, for this week, I am Brennan. 
I'm done. And thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Please like and subscribe. It really helps us out. You can find us on Twitter at MagicGathStrat, Facebook slash MagicGatheringStrat, or on the web, MagicGatheringStrat.com. There you can find articles and free prize-supported leagues. This is all brought to you by our Patreons and CardHoarder.com. If you enjoy this content, please consider supporting us at Patreon.com slash MagicGatheringStrat. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.